the reason I wanted to have you on is you've recently made a transition with your training yeah. where, you know, I think you went through a phase where you're doing some more hypertrophy stuff, putting on mask getting huge. She's so big. And then you kind of went back to functional fitness for a little bit. And now you've sort of transitioned to this new world of more, uh, I guess, more of a conditioning focus. Yeah, the so endurance world. I don't even know the story as to why, because I've been telling you, not forever, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I've been telling you for a while that I feel like this specific sport that you're doing right now that you should always be doing because like you're built for it. Right. Which is triathlon. Boom. <laughs> Triathlons. What made, what made you decide to actually start training for triathlons? Uh, yeah, the, sh- the very short and simple answer is that you did. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, the minus the swimming y- yeah, and the biking. So <laughs> last year, this time last year I was in Revelstoke yep. visiting my cousin and we did a summit of, uh, one of the more kind of popular mountains there called Mount Begbie and just basically a week of mountain biking. So rewind say six months prior to that I had a little bit of a knee thing going on and um, I got that addressed worked with worked with Dalton and uh, got that all sorted out but because I was doing the summit and I knew I was going to be doing all this kind of crazy mountain biking I started to do a lot more training specific to that uh, which just happened to be endurance at this point though it was just a lot of like loaded walking um, a lot of stairs because uh, Begbie's just like a really a really like steep switch back style mountain. And uh, the last time Brooke and I did it, we didn't do the summit. We just went to the glacier and it like crushed us. And I was like, I don't want to be crushed. So I'm just going to kind of pivot my training. And so I started doing a lot more endurance. I started doing a lot more cycling. Obviously I don't have a mountain bike. Um, I've mountain biked a lot in the past, so I wasn't worried about that specific thing, but I just wanted to get on a bike. So I had my commuter and I just started doing road rides. Uh, outside of London and I was really enjoying it and like I how, how long are you, how long are you going at this point I was progressing much like I was progressing my my walks and I was progressing um, you know the the stair climbs but anywhere from like 60 minutes to I think I ended up doing like a three-hour ride or okay, something like okay. that yeah. nothing crazy it's a long, long time on but, a commuter though yeah but building up um, and so I started just to really enjoy uh, road riding which I never thought I would be capable of doing because I'm just so used to being on a mountain bike, going down a mountain. There's just so much more stimulation. And, uh, but that's actually, I think what I enjoyed about road riding was there wasn't that it was just, you're out in the country. Um, it's, you know, it's a beautiful day. You've got, uh, just kind of like this picturesque backdrop and it's just like more meditative. And I really, I really started enjoying that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, successful training, went to Revelstoke, had a great time. It was, it was just basically a big endurance, um, weekend or week with my cousin. And then I was like, okay, well, what now, what do I do? I mean, I don't, I don't have this kind of thing to train for. And so this is where you come in and you've always said this, but you were like, you should just do triathlon. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do triathlon. So I booked, uh, I, I, Welland. I did Welland in September. So it was like six weeks away. I was like, well, I mean, I just have to, I just have to sign up for one and then I'll prepare for it. Was that the one that happened? Was that the one that happened right before the, the big, like a bunch of our members did the marathon? Wasn't it that same weekend or the weekend after or something? It was the weekend before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was the weekend before you guys did the marathon because I remember going to the marathon thinking like, oh yeah, I feel like more of an endurance athlete. I can support you now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just did a sprint, which is a 750 meter swim, a 20 kilometer bike followed by a five kilometer run. And how long would that take? Uh, let's just say it took me 90 minutes. I, okay. I can't remember specifically, but probably something around there. Okay. So, um, I hope that's like accurate and it's not like crazy. I think an hour is like really fast. Yeah. Um, so let's just say it took 90, let's just say it took 90, 90 minutes. I enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't like absolutely in love with it, but I definitely enjoyed it, um, enough to think about, you know, okay, I'm going to do another triathlon, but like, what's interesting is you talked about the swim. It's like, yeah, I've always biked. I, I, I have memories of biking when I was like, I feel like three or four years old. And like, I didn't really do organized sports when I was younger. I just biked every, I climbed trees, um, and I biked everywhere in the city. Um, and I've been doing that as far for as long as I remember. And then I, like I said, I never really did any road riding. I've never really been on a road bike. Um, I just did mountain biking. Mm. So that was kind of my 
base of like biking. So the yeah. understanding of the bike and, um, running. Yeah. I wasn't doing any specific run training leading up to the try. I'd ran in the past, you know, I've done different, different distances from like high school, you know, track. Um, and then I've done like some endurance dabbling, but, um, definitely more comfortable with that. But then with swimming, terrible. But that's always see, and that's always surprised me because yeah. the reason I was like, you should do triathlon is because you were a diver. Yeah. So yeah. I go, well, if he dives into the water, chances are he's swimming around in the water. He's probably really good. Right. So, so, so when people think, oh, military diver, they think, oh, this guy must be just a great <laughs> swimmer. Absolutely. <laughs> the thing that people I maybe skip over is that like when you're a military diver, first and foremost, you have, you know, I don't even know, 80 pounds of gear on you. Um, and then you have, you have fins, you have these massive fins. And so that's how you, that's how you swim is you kick. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, you're, you're buoyant, you're underwater, not on top of water. Um, and so I think where that benefited me though, was just in being comfortable in open water. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we certainly like on during dive training, I mean, we did, um, you know, we did a ton of surface swims typically on our sides, kicking with fins in a, in a seven millimeter wetsuit. Like you're not going down your buoyant as, as, as all can be. Um, so yeah, that was my experience. So I did a lot of open water swimming in the oceans and, in in freshwater, um, a lot of like night dives. So just really comfortable in open water. Mm-hmm. So that was never an issue. But to put this in perspective, like when I started, Brooke and I did a swim test at the aquatic center. We did a 750 meter test. It was our very first swim. And, uh, we both did two lengths of front, like freestyle front crawl. And, uh, and then that was it. I was like, I'm done. So I did like a length of breaststroke, <laughs> the free crawl, a freestyle and just alternate. It took us like 20, it actually Brooke was actually much faster than me in the water. Um, really? Yeah. When we started, she was like, she just seemed to be not natural. And I was like a, an anchor. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was like 20, it took me like 25 minutes to swim this thing. And I was like, woof. So for the six weeks leading up to, um, Welland, it was literally like, I just went and I'm like, well, I'm just going to, I swam three times a week. And at first it was like, well, I'm just going to do 25 meter repeats with a minute rest. And then I brought that down to like 45 seconds and 30 seconds. Then I brought it up to like 50 meters and 75. And I literally just went stepping stones. Um, and when I swam the 750 meters in Welland, I swam it in 24 and a half minutes. So if, if you're a triathlete, you know, that's very slow. Or if you're a swimmer, you know, that's really slow. It was like the second or third slowest time. Really? Swim time. But sorry, what was your test that you did though? How fast was it? It was like 25 minutes. So you took a minute off. No, like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even do the whole thing freestyle. I couldn't, I had to eventually go to breaststroke, breaststroke. but I got it done. Yeah. And then I got on the bike on my, by the way, I did, I, I did my very first triathlon with my commuter. Yeah, that's right. Cause I wasn't about to, I mean, this is my big tip. Yeah. I think if you're going into triathlon, cause like triathlon can be crazy expensive to get a really great bike and a wetsuit and a tri suit and the shoes and the entry freeze, like it's nuts. And so for me, it was just like, well, let's just make sure I actually like this. So I raced my very first race in a commuter. Um, I finally got a road bike for the next race that I did, but it's like a very entry level road bike. Um, and it's just like making sure that I really do enjoy the sport before I drop, you know, thousands Thousands of dollars, dollars. um, investing into the sport. So, yeah, really slow swim. The bike was really great. The run just hurt a lot because um, I went a little bit too too was it a 5K? hot. It was a five k. Do you know what your time was? It was been? like twenty three minutes. Okay, so that's still pretty quick after, and that's the last. That's the, the last, last of it. Yeah, yeah, maybe just over. It might have been like high twenty twos, low twenty threes. Yeah. But I was that's I was good. hurting. Yeah, yeah, I was hurting. So then you did that one, and then how soon after did you do your next triathlon? Well, finished that in September. And I didn't have my eye on a specific race. I knew I was going to do another triathlon. Um, specifically, I knew I, did, I definitely wanted to do a half Ironman. Uh, but after Welland, what I did was I got on a specific triathlon plan, training plan. So I did a, uh, like, an, like an Olympic distance prep, which is the next step up. So it's a 1,500-meter swim, 40-kilometer bike, and 10K run. So I was training for that, not for an event, but just for that. So I think when most people were going into like off season training, right. And switching their mindset, I was like, I am going in season because this is new and fresh to me. And I, 
I want to get ready for whatever comes next. And, um, yeah, what ended up happening was we knew we were going to be traveling to Victoria and I ended, you know, just was looking at half marathons or uh, half Ironmans rather. And I saw that there was a, a race in Vic. So I was like, well, I'm just going to book this and then we'll, we'll book our trip around it. Um, and so, yeah, that was my next race was a half Ironman in Victoria and, uh, end of May. So oh, I see, I thought you had a, a race in between. I didn't know you went straight to half Ironman. Yeah. I went straight to the straight to the half. <laughs> yeah. Just jump right in. And then, so what, what is, what is a half Ironman then? Uh, half Ironman. Yeah. So you've got, uh, a 19, 1900 meter swim. Um, you've got a, uh, 90 kilometer bike ride and then a half marathon run 21 K. And do you know what, what was your total time? Five thirty. Five thirty. Yeah. And what was, do you know what your and swim time was? Change. Yeah. So my swim time was, uh, 39 minutes. Okay. So if we, so, and you did how far? 1900 meters. So 1900 meters in 39 minutes. Yes. But you did 750 meters in 25, four and a half minutes. Yeah. So like you're swimming a lot faster. I'm not swimming. I wouldn't, I don't want to say I'm like swimming super fast. Cause I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. It's all relative, but is it still, would that be your weakest of the three? Uh, I don't think so anymore. Running. Yeah. I think running is, I think, I think I, I tend to have a stronger bike just from so much biking. Um, I swam to put it in context. I swam three times per week for a year straight. Um, I think I've got like 140,000 <laughs> meters accumulated in the pool since then so yeah I, I i improved a bit like um a bit a bit yeah so i'm feeling a lot better like i'm feeling yeah. a lot better a lot more confident really cool. in the uh in the in the water and um yeah but i definitely think running is is just something that i go into and i'm feeling pretty beat up uh when i get there and yeah. so that's part i think just pacing and, and how i'm getting to the run but also just uh i'm still not where i want to be yeah, where yeah, i feel yeah. i should be um, when it comes to running. So lots of work to do there. So how, would, how did the, the half Ironman go? Did it go as expected? Was it crazy? Yeah. When I went into it, my intention, uh, wasn't super competitive. Um, now that being said, like what I have loved about the transition to triathlon is I love endurance fitness. Like I love long work. Um, just find it meditative. Um, there's just something I really enjoy about that. Um, I, I really, really liked having the competitive pursuit, just a goal, something that is that I'm training for that's yeah. fueling me. So that's what I've really enjoyed. But that being said, going into the half, I was more so thinking, you know, Hey, I just really want to finish this. I just want to have a strong finish. I had some times and in, in, in goals, um, that I had set out, but, um, yeah, leading up to it, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't like overly nervous and maybe that was just cause I felt like really prepared. Um, but it went really well. I mean, uh, my intention on the swim was 45 minutes and I swam it in 39. So getting out of the water. So just to put this in context, I had never swam that fast. Like I had swam intervals at that pace. Um, and I had done some 1900 meter swims in a pool, by the way, which theoretically should be easier because you've got lines, you stay straight. Um, I think there's a piece of like having a wetsuit and buoyancy, but, um, and I don't, you know, swim with a, a wetsuit on in the pool, but, uh, yeah, theoretically you should, I, I feel like you should be faster. Um, you don't have people that you're trying to get around or bump into. And so I got out of the water at 39 minutes thinking like, I didn't even know that was possible for me. <laughs> were, were you like excited? Or were you like, uh Oh, I'm in trouble. A bit of Did both. I go too fast. <laughs> yeah, a bit of both. I was like, Ooh, uh, I feel like, yeah. uh, yeah, I feel like that could have been maybe the wrong move. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. Cause the way I started was smooth, go smooth, you know, like just focus on long poles, breathe. Um, and so I didn't feel like I was going overly fast, but obviously, you know, adrenaline competitive yeah. mode. Um, there was 1800 people, 1800 people who raced, right? So it's like you have eight. So the way that, uh, Ironman works, at least Victoria is they do a rolling start. It's not this mass start that I like, I had this major fear of at least not Ironman. So every five seconds they start three. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it took like 45 minutes to launch all 1800 of us. Okay. Question then. So w is there timers around the course? 
Yes. So like, how do you know if you're looking at, if it says whatever, three hours in, you're like, oh, my three hours, my three hours. No, no, there's not timers. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, there's, I think there are, I'm pretty sure there's, I mean, I feel like I saw laser. I didn't even see my family who was right beside me and cheering me on when I was running by them after the transition. But, um, (laughs) they're like, go daddy. And I just (laughs) beeline. I was like, where were you guys? They were like, we were literally yelling at you. And I was like, I don't know. I was so focused. That's amazing. Uh, there's a timer though, getting out of the water. Um, but I have a Garmin, yeah, right? So that's where I saw my time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I was tracking my time. So, uh, yeah, so they launched three of us every five seconds. And so I remember I stepped up to the water I was like, Oh, that's going to be great. Like everyone's going to be nice and spaced out. And, and I just remember from like start to finish, like it was a rectangular course. So you just go out, turn right, turn right, come back. And like, there was thousands of people, there's a thousand of people in front of me. And there was just people everywhere in the world. I was like, oh my God, like there's, but it worked really well because the idea is that the, the staggered start, the rolling start is like you go with people who, um, are similar. That's right. So you self-identify. So if you know that you're like, you're really fast, you're going to just start at the beginning. And then they had people who had signs, it's like 42 minutes, 35 minutes. And so you just go with your group. So because of that, it was just like, everyone kind of moved at a similar speed. You know, I passed some people, some people passed me kind of thing. But for the most part, it was like actually really smooth sailing and there wasn't any major collisions or anything like that in the water. But that first transition, I sat down to put on my shoes, my bike shoes, and my hamstring started to cramp. Oh shit. And I was like, maybe I did go too fast in the water. Um, but I breathed and I got on my bike and just started, uh, moving and it went, actually it went away and I felt super strong on the bike. I passed, I feel like I passed hundreds of people. That's like your, yeah. It was just like, I just was feeling really strong now, just like the swim. I was like, Oh shoot. (laughs) I probably shouldn't be passing this many people. Um, but just felt so good. And I was like, you know what? I just, I'm feeling good. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm necessarily like overdriving. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like I was redlining or anything like that. But since I've done so much work at such specific intensity, I was like, yeah, this could be a little hot. And uh, I just feel like I've got a lot of strength, like having a strength background, I think is so important with any kind of endurance sport because you bring power and strength to things like climbing hills and maintaining great positions. And so I feel like just really great climbing a hill. And then I feel really great at the top of the hill. And so climbing a hill is fantastic. And then when I get to the top of the hill where most people are like, okay, I need to catch my breath. I'm just like, sweet. See ya. And then, you know, and then if I'm going down a hill, I'm typically like highest gear and I'm still pedaling hard. Um, yeah. So I felt really good on the bike came in, uh, two fifty one um, for the 90 K and I had a fairly quick two fifty one. Is that with, is that plus two fifty one bike only Okay, okay. bike only not including transition one and not including the swim. How fast would you have been biking? 31 kilometers per hour for average, um, on my very, very, very simple, (laughs) um, entry level road bike, uh, with like thick, tires. Yeah. I really do need to upgrade, uh, to even just a faster tire, but, uh, same thing. I was just like, well, I'm just going to do this race first. Like I'm not going to invest more money until I, I really am convinced that yeah. this is the thing for me. So the bike went fairly well, passed yes. a lot of people. Yeah. Then the transition from the bike to the run. What do yeah. you have? So you have to take off your shoes. This is the darkest hour for me. <laughs> uh, and so like I was saying, uh, running, I think I need to be better at, but also how I get to the run is important as well. So like arguably maybe on the swim and the bike, I could have actually dialed back a little bit and had a stronger run hindsight's 2020, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, so you get to T2, you're off your bike, you put your bike back. So shoes come off. Um, I had already put my socks on, um, after T after the swim and T one. And then, uh, so yeah, it was just like socks were on. I just put on my running shoes, um, pop my gels into the back of my tri suit. And, uh, I hadn't used the bathroom at this point yet. So I took a quick bathroom break and then I was off. And this is, this is where like I ran, if you were watching on Instagram as Brooke was, uh, was, was recording this, I ran right by and you didn't notice Brooke, Rick, Summer, <laughs> Scarlet with their hands out. That is so good. And I was like, you could see in the video, like just yeah. laser focused yeah. on getting getting started in the run. And uh, my intention was I'm going to go like 545, 6 for my first kilometer. I'm just going to get my legs back. Because I had yeah. done a ton of brick training. Yeah. So brick is 
you do like some sort of bike ride training and then followed immediately by run training. And I just, I, I knew that I didn't want to come out hot and I wanted to, you know, get my bearings right and kind of just get settled and get my legs under me. And, uh, my legs were cramping during the run, the first kilometer, they were starting to cramp to the point at, at, at one point where I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to actually run this. Ooh. Like I made a tactical error on that bike <laughs> ride. And, um, and so this is like, this is where things, like I say, get dark because for an hour and 50 minutes, I was just in pain. Uh, it was an hour and 50 minutes of just pain and, and trying to endure pain and push through pain. And, uh, yeah, I guess this is where like the training comes in and then like, and then where several, like, I guess, tactics or strategies that I've learned over the years came in. But, um, I said to myself, well, you know what? I don't actually need to run super fast. I just need to keep moving. And if I stop moving, it's not going to go so well. So I just picked a pace that I could be, um, just sustainable at. And so that was like 545 or six or something, and maybe slowly came down and, you know, I'd have moments where the kind of cramping would come up and then I had moments where the cramping would go down. And as I kind of got, I say like maybe five, six kilometers in, I was in a place where I was starting to feel good. Um, my legs were starting to come under me and, uh, I felt good, but I just remember like getting off that bike ride, getting onto the run. There were so many people passing me oh, no. and I was thinking like, how is this happening? <laughs> and then in reality, what I think, I, what I think really happened was it's a two loop course. And so on the second loop, at least I was feeling a lot better and faster. And so I feel like people were coming from their second loop and they were obviously oh, faster yeah, than yeah, me yeah. because they started oh, earlier. Yeah. Um, but it was demoralizing. I was like, man, I'm getting crushed here. Yeah. You know, the bike was all gravy. I was running, you know, just passing everybody. I was feeling so good. And then the run came along and I'm just like, I'm in this world of pain and people are just do crushing you, me. Do you think you did the bike too fast? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I feel like I could have gone a little bit slower and that would have made the run a little bit more, um, tolerable. But I think, but I like, do you think you, does it make sense for you to play to your strength, which is the bike? Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going to go harder on the bike. Cause I know I can do better on the bike than I could at a run. Even if I was more rested for my run. I think so. I think it did. I think it made sense. Like that's kind of my thought process during the, during the whole event, like in the actual moment. And, um, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, did you, how was your fueling? And it's like, well, I actually had trained fueling for months leading up to the event. So, you know, I took in like 90 grams of carbs per hour. Um, I had, I had electrolytes. Yeah. Mainly in gels through endurance tap. I had electrolytes. Um, I had water. I had that all timed out and planned and I felt really good about that. And I mean, maybe again, maybe there's a hole there that I could have improved on. I think that will be like an ongoing process. Do they have water stations? Yeah. Or did you bring your own hydration? I had my, so yeah, obviously nothing's happening on the swim. I did a gel right before the swim started, like let's say 20 minutes out, 30 minutes out. And then I had my own fueling, um, uh, on the bike. So for the stations, I didn't stop. I had three bottles on my bike. I had sugars and everything that I needed electrolytes in my bottles. Um, but I did use, um, the fueling stations during the run. Mm-hmm. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't run with anything. I ran with endurance taps. Um, yeah, but no, no like no. water bottle. So I did water and then, uh, I, th- I, I wanted to bring one or two extra endurance taps. I ran low. So I was doing some Gatorade, which wasn't great because I hadn't Did actually they have those at the stations. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I hadn't trained with Gatorade hmm. and so it just didn't sit well. Yeah. Um, it was a little like maybe like a little bit crampy. wasn't anything crazy, but yeah. So, so then how fast was your run? 151. That's not bad. It wasn't bad. No, in fact. So what um, does that average out to be? Like a f- four, f- uh, five, five thirty-ish. Five fifteen. Oh yeah, shit. That's yeah. Good. So so what I wanted to do was break forty-five on the swim, um, which I did. I got thirty-nine. I wanted to break three hours on the bike. I got two fifty-one, and I actually just wanted to run an average of five fifteen, and it was a little over that. And so I did that. It's just that it was really painful. If you wouldn't have done the bathroom. Yeah. Well, here's what people say, right? Um, it's just, it's just this, which is it, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a race. Yeah. It's a competition. So it's not supposed to feel good. Yeah. You know, I mean on a certain extent, but like if you're pushing to your, yeah, your, 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 your point of exhaustion and it's like, I mean, I, again, I think I could strategize a little bit better, but it's not supposed to be comfortable. Um, and this is where things get interesting because it was like, well, how to get through that pain was like a big thing for me because it was an hour and 50 minutes 
And so there was like three major things that I was thinking about. Um, so the first one was just going back to like David Goggins, right? If you've, if you've read his books or listened to his audio or his, his podcast, we, we know he can be pretty intense, but, um, there's one thing that I really liked, um, that he talks about, which is the cookie jar. Have you heard of the cookie jar before? No. Well, probably if it's in his book, I yeah. just don't remember. So the idea of the cookie jar is in times of, you know, intense pain, like competition or races or whatever it might be in your life. The idea is that you have this cookie jar. And in the cookie jar are previous experiences that were really challenging and taxing to your mental, your physical. Um, And so the idea is like, okay, I'm in this position right now and this really sucks. So let's go back to this cookie jar. Let's open that up and let's actually see what I've done in the past. And then when you start to look at previous experiences, you're like, you know what? This isn't so bad. I did that six week dive course and I did that three month dive course and we got our you know, we got our butts kicked. Um, we were doing night dives and we were doing all these things. So for me, it was just looking back to all the really challenging endeavors that I've gone through in my life and just thinking to myself, like, if I've done that, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like I can make it through this cramping. I can push through that. So that was really powerful. I definitely went into the cookie jar a lot during the run, not so much during the bike or the swim. Um, but during the run, that cookie jar was busted wide open. Uh, the other thing um, I, I, have you read, have you read the book, the alter ego effect? No, that's oh. with Ryan holiday. No. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Todd Herman. I mm. believe don't quote me on that. The alter ego effect is really cool. So the idea is that how you show up as a father, if you're a father or mother, um, how you show up as a, a business person or in whatever career that you choose how you show up in at the gym or um, in, in sport is different. It requires different roles, right? So it's like um, what I need to do you know, here to drive our business forward is much different than how I need to show up as like a father to Scarlet in summer, right? And so the idea is the alter ego effect is creating an identity um, that's built up around any given role. The idea is that you start with one role. Hey, what's the role I want to prioritize the most? So when I was reading this book, for me, it was, well, I've got this new endeavor of triathlon. I really want to build up an alter ego around that. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so the idea is like you create this alter ego. Um, you name the alter ego. I was just going to say. Yeah, that. yeah, you name you because you want to make it as personalized what's as possible. Um, well, let's just say this for me, <laughs> I want to know. for, for me, <laughs> that my alter ego that I've always kind of relied on. Um, and, and a lot of times, uh, people have alter egos already. They just haven't defined it in this yep. way. Right. You have someone who drives you, who you think of. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's, it's Batman. Nice. Okay. I was going to think Zorro. Zorro. <laughs> okay. So, and Batman came from in high school when I played football. Um, I had the nickname Batman. I never knew why I was like, I had a bat symbol over my, my locker, um, or my spot where I changed. And, um, and I was like, why, why you guys call me Batman? <laughs> this is earlier on. Yeah. And they're like, well, you, you, your body is like a bat suit. Yeah. I was really big oh, into, because you have big lats. I was really big into fitness yeah. when I was in high school. So I was really, I was fit. Yeah. Um, I was on top of my nutrition. Um, and so I was like, cool. So then I just kind of stuck with that. And so that was a, so for me looking into the race, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about Batman, right? (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm cramping. That's fine. What would Batman do? He wouldn't give a shit. He wouldn't give a shit. Batman wouldn't stop. No. Right. And so that's cool. So, um, I, I, uh, I loved that book and I think it's super powerful because it gives you something really tangible to take into whatever field that you're going into again, business, um, sport, and, uh, and to give yourself this identity and build it up. And so that's kind of what I've always, and the, you know, the other thing is like you, 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 you activate the, the alter ego through yeah. something. So it's like through a pair of glasses or a specific hat or a specific shirt. And so it's like, when that goes on, you're that ego, you're that alter ego. But when that comes off, you're not going home as Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's been, that was a big thing for me. Um, and just being able to, to push through that pain and then and then the last thing, this is more of just like inner competition, but there was this big dude in front of me. Um, he was just like a re- like I called him the mountain man. <laughs> he, uh, he, I think he was from like 
from Alberta. Yeah. I, I don't know why I, I say this, but I think he had a shirt on that just said something like Calgary. Sure. But so I was like, oh, this mountain man, look at this beast. Like he was like, I'm telling you, this guy was like over 200 pounds. He wasn't like, he was just a big, like muscular dude. Like just jacked. Jacked in like heavy. Yeah. And I was like, how's this guy running so fast? Like I need to catch the mountain man. Yeah. Like, oh, the mountain man's out in Alberta <laughs> crushing mountains. <laughs> and so I was just trying to use the mountain man yeah, as yeah, my, yeah. as my, uh, my fish to reel in. Yeah. And uh, I never caught the mountain man. Oh, he you was, didn't? No. I was expecting a happy ending. No, here. no. But the mountain man helped me along with Batman and, and the cookie jar helped yeah. me get through that yeah. and, and stay on pace to hit my goal. Um, yeah, the, the mountain man uh, went to stop for water. And I'm like, whatever. I'm going right by him. Yeah. And so this is an important part that I didn't actually mention. But in the race, um, at like 9 to 10 kilometers coming around the second lap, I was feeling really good yeah because although my legs were cramping my level of fitness like my lungs like i felt was sky high and so i was like i feel like i could run a 445 right now but like my legs just won't no allow muscular it. endurance yeah. yeah so like so then maybe my fitness wasn't there right but, but like yeah. but cardiovascularly i felt really good and so coming around the second loop um i pass everybody everyone's cheering i'm getting all these adrenaline did you it, recognize people at this point no or you <laughs> Although I did hear Rick, he, he actually screamed at me. Oh, nice. um, and so finally I was like, well, thank you for like, getting yeah. me into the zone and acknowledging that I see you. Um, so this was about a 10K, 11K, 10.5K in. And I'm feeling really good. And so I start to pick it up. Not, not exceptionally, but just like slow progression. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm feeling good. The fitness is there. My legs are back now. I'm going to slowly pick this up. So this is where I'm chasing the mountain man. I pass the mountain man. I'm feeling really great. And I get to a point where my legs start to shut down again. And so I had to dial it back just to a pace that I could maintain. Cause again, I was getting to the point where I was like, well, I'm going to be walking again. So I have to dial it back. And that's when the mountain man passed me. But then there was another guy didn't have a special name no. for him, that I used as a slingshot to get past. Yeah. But I never found the mountain man. Just Scott or something like Scott, that. Scott, yeah. Henry. <laughs> Henry. I'm gonna get you, Henry. Um, yeah, so that was the big thing. It's like I what I what I liked, I was talking to someone about this um on one of our runs, and one thing he mentioned, he was like, No, it was really cool because I think a lot of times we read books um and we kind of just like we just we just jet through them, right? How many books can I read? But what we don't I think do as much of is like, well, what can I take away from this book? Yeah, definitely. What's the practical application that I can bring to my life? And so um this race and i think and what i love about like what i love about any competition like any sport any competitive pursuit um is like yeah it's driving my fitness but like man i learned so much about my 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 myself my abilities and my my physical limits and my mental limits and i really learned to push beyond what i thought was possible um during during this this competition and that's what i'm lo really looking forward to in future in future triathlon um, races and in any sport that i choose to you know pursue or any race that i choose to pursue because um, i love that um, i love that learning process that we go through yeah right yeah. um and even if it's not hitting the goal just like well what did i learn from missing the missing the goal right um so yeah that was a big takeaway and you have something else coming up right yeah uh is it next week or that's it... right sunday yeah i'm doing uh, this sunday this sunday oh yeah so i'm in taper feeling very good yeah two weeks ago i was not feeling good no just a lot of volume um and just feeling really beat up but uh yeah less taper. volume than what you were doing for your iron man though yeah less but i was still doing I, I i promised myself i wouldn't and that i would do less of each event because so during the iron man or for the iron man i did 18 weeks i did three runs three swims three bikes every single week you didn't miss a beat and i did one strength training session um during yeah. that time so definitely not as much and not as much distance because i'm training for an olympic distance and what's that it's the 1500 meter 40 kilometer bike a uh, uh, 10 kilometer run so you haven't done an olympic yet no i haven't okay. so it's like it's one of those things where it's it's scary because like olympic distance and sprint now that i know how to swim and swim fast and, and not just like <laughs> be an anchor uh those it's like a it's like running a 5k versus a marathon everything's painful yeah 
but like 5k 10k runs like they're real a mile yeah. run they're really painful because it's just high end it's such a high end like you know zone two zone three zone four um whereas like you know doing that longer distance it's like that more zone, like high zone two yeah, maybe yeah, zone yeah, x yeah, yeah. um or more moderate intensity because yeah. it's longer so that's on sunday that's on sunday and you're feeling good i'm feeling good do you have specific goals or targets that you want to try to hit yeah yeah i do um again it's it's one of those things we're going out um this being the first olympic distance it's more of like it's more of doing the race and setting a standard like hey what am i capable of doing but i think the swim especially um the swim so during the half Ironman, I th- the 1900 meter swim, because the swim's not much different of a difference. 1500 you said? versus 1900, yeah. right? Whereas yeah. everything else is over half. Yeah. Um, the swim is, is 400 meters less. So, uh, yeah, I want to do, I want to do about, I would love to be able to do like a two Oh two minutes to two Oh two. So that's just going to put me just over 30 minutes on the swim, which is that's for me, that's really fast. Um, that would be like my, my biggest goal. Uh, and then yeah, the 40 K bike, um, under 120 and the which isn't well of enough uh, thought up thought of enough well thought of a goal um and then um but the run specifically like i i really want to be able to maintain under 445 um for the for the pacing there for the 10k for the what 10K. would that time what would that time be mm. is that like is that 45 yeah probably around there or a little bit slower than 45 a little bit slower yeah, almost. I think forty-seven and a half. That yeah. make, might make sense. Yeah, that's good. That's aggressive. Yeah, I think coming but off like doable. The, yeah, yeah, and I think I can push past. I think I think breaking through that forty-five minute barrier would be cool. Yeah, but also like in retrospect, like the fastest ten k that I've done is forty-two and a half or something like yeah. that. But that was a while ago. And I <laughs> yeah. wasn't really running. No, going you weren't training. No, no, no. I was training. Yeah, but not running training. Yeah, I don't know so. if I, I don't know if I told you this already, but. So we're doing obviously four city road race, September 18th. Yes. Half marathon. Yeah. So I was t- talking to Caitlin. I might've told you this already. I was talking to Caitlin and, or no, I was talking to someone else and Caitlin overheard me and, uh, they were saying, Oh yeah, you and Luke are going to try to race against each other. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's another one of our things. And then Kate, <laughs> Kate's like, why are you going to try to race Luke? Like, he's just going to beat you. <laughs> like, oh, thanks for thanks, the support. Thanks, babe. Thanks for the but support. She's like, That's what he does. I'm like, I know, but it's like. Well, Luke is my mountain man. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I, I keep saying I'm it. Robin. Apparently that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like, well, you're fit. You're, you're fit. Sure. Yeah. But you're fit too. And you've been running for a long time. Yeah. But not like you've been running uh, fair. or swimming or biking. Right. So there's, a, so, so I say this, which is all the pressure is on me. That's a hundred percent. it. And yeah. I want to make sure like, even how you just said, Oh, but you've been running a lot. Like, no, 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 not as much no, as you, yeah. I, it's you like, take the pressure back. Yeah. So it's, I should, I should win. And there's no way in hell you're only running a 445. Well, see, this is the thing that I don't, uh, I, 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 I can't quite understand. Um, one, one of our members who's uh, here just visiting, he did That's a crazy. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, I, I ran a half marathon. Uh, I was doing a training run, did a half marathon, and it was one thirty. I was like one thirty. Like how fast were you running? He's like four twenty. I'm like, man, that's fast. So fast. Yeah. He's like, yeah. It. It. I think I could run faster. I, I mean, it was hard. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was hard, but I think I can run faster. And I'm thinking like, man, I've been doing my zone two runs at like five thirty. Yeah. Five forty five. This guy ran a four twenty. I'm like, I don't even know if that's. But it, what's what's crazy? So I'm doing eighty twenty as you are yeah. right so the idea is like you do 80 percent of like your low aerobic training 20 percent high aerobic training so it's a lot more low and slow than it is fast interval work so yeah it's 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 crazy because you're never you're never doing a run like that you're no, never just going out and no. you don't know that's the only thing that yes. stresses me out about the training yeah and then it's like you just trust the process i know and you just show up day, on race day like, and you're like okay. oh my god i can run a 420 yeah 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 so that's so that's kind of what happened with the try right like i with the swim especially it's like i just like you blow yourself away but it what it, what it means like when you 80 20 is like you show up on race day ready and you're fresh yeah. you're ready you've done so much different interval training that you you have lived in that place before but yeah. just not for that long yeah um, but it all equates and, uh, but still, it's still nerve wracking, especially just starting out. Well, I think oh, I th- might've left my phone upstairs. So I did a, uh, a long, well, I don't know. It wasn't that long. Was it 55 minutes or 60 minutes? 
at my my goal. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run it at a 4:45. So right. I'm just like, I'm going to run 4:45 for however long it was. And like, it felt okay. My heart rate didn't skyrocket, but I'm like, okay, I think it was for 10k. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 10k at a 4:45, and it was fine. But I'm like, I don't know if I can double that. It was on a really hot day. I think my heart rate, my average was like 156, which I was happy about because my zone X is probably like 165 to 175. Does that make sense? Maybe around there? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, that's like my race pace. I'm thinking I'll be zone X. That's my goal. Yeah. For half marathon. I think that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. But I mean, the pro- <laughs> we can't run together. No. We can't. No. Well, I'll be running with the Garmin, which I've never done before. I've never done a road race with the Garmin, hmm. right? And so I won't overly like rely on it, but I, it's kind of cool having that feedback. But the other thing is I'll have my headphones. I'll be, I'll definitely be hmm. going for music. I'm going to go Goggins style, bro. Yeah, no. I'm going to have someone beside me recording. I you. have to do that for the triathlon because you can't do music, but in oh, a you run. Can't? No, but in a run you can, right? So it's like, can I will run be, for the triathlon. Can you put no. music? Oh, no music. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I will be running with music for oh, sure. Man, and I have gonna, the fire playlist. You're See, just going to put on rattle brother, the whole time. Brother, when we did the 5k in Fort Stanley, yeah. you don't understand the was, reason why I beat you was, was because of music. Yeah. Oh, Damn. I had this amazing cap slap playlist. I don't even remember that race anymore. I know. I would have repressed that memory too if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't remember the point of you pulling ahead. Yeah, me like, either. I, I actually don't zone. even remember you at all. Yeah. Well, I think we were so in the zone, I, you know, cause like we, uh, I think I ran it just over 20 and I was 21, just over 21. So we I were, think it was like 23, I think it was more like 20, 30, 2020 or something like that. Yeah. Like, so I was close enough that I would have, well, a minute is a, that's a long, time. I, I really that's pulled away time. near the end, but honestly, I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like I, this one song came on and you know, that feeling where you go numb and tingly. Yeah. That happened. Was the song no 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 I think I think Batman existed at that point, but not in the way that he exists today for me. So now he's out. Yeah, so I'll be pulling him out. Um Yeah, it's it's uh it's yeah, it's it's amazing what music can do. We either okay. Or we do run together. And we actually And just use each other for positive I don't know because like it just depends but the thing is it's just what can we actually, like, what can I actually sustain? What can you actually sustain? I know. And are we going to put each other in the wrong place? Yeah. So, because it's a long race. It's a long race. 21 kilometers. A lot can happen in 21 kilometers. Yeah. So, yeah, we probably shouldn't run together. But it's, all, it's one of those things where I think we will be similarly paced. So, my race predictor, right, which, like, what does it really mean? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, on Garmin, you have a race predictor. I wonder if mine has it, though, because I have an older one. It, it may be. And it's... Okay. I. It's one of those things where, you know, if you, if you wear it for every run, like it takes your run and your data and it, and it predicts your race times. Uh, and so my race predictor for the 21 K is 136. What would that be? I don't know. So uh, like 430. Yeah. 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 And so that scares me. Well, that's my, so I know you're saying 445. Yeah. I feel like I have a stretch goal of like a 430, yeah, but so then I ran an interval at, 4:30 for four minutes and i'm like Mm-mm. well that's just it you know i do a lot of zone three intervals so between uh yeah so i run off pace versus heart rate as you as you know which is another podcast but <laughs> it's another debate um yeah so i so i will run my zone three between 414 and 434 yeah and um and a lot of times i'll run at the top end of that zone closer to 414 yeah and uh and I'll run, you know, between five and seven or eight minutes on an interval at that pace and feel good, like with two minutes recovery. And I'll do four or five of those. Yeah. And I'll feel pretty good, but but I'm still like, but this is work. Do you ever do sub four <sighs> for anything? Yeah, like I did a taper run yesterday. I did a taper run this morning and ran sub four, but it was a three-minute zone three, and I ran at the top of it as my last interval. And what would that have been? three like what 359 yeah like it was yeah. it wasn't like anything crazy like going too deep into the threes yeah i had a i think it was an upside down interval the other day and um yeah four three two three four three two sort of thing mm-hmm. and the two minutes i was doing like a 350 yeah and i'm like 
fuck this. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Rough. I can't. Once this competition is done, I will do whatever I have left, which is like five weeks. Yeah. And I'll do three to four runs per week. I'll transition. Yeah. I'll do a deload next week, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'll get into more specific run prep because, um, yeah, because that hasn't been the focus. No, no. And like fart legs, tempo runs, progression runs. Yeah. I don't do those. Um, typically I'll do an endurance based run per week. Um, I'll, you know, in the past, like five, six weeks, I'll do a brick, which is like, again, a bike followed by a run. And then I'll do an interval based run, but it's like the really straightforward interval based run. So it's normally like five on three off, you know, three on one off. Like they're just, um, the repeats like that. It's funny how that's longer intervals than like what a actual half marathon program is though yeah the biggest yeah. interval you have is like a honestly three minutes four minutes yeah it's pretty I've, short i've noticed that um as i've uh, as i've started to make that transition and look into that program yeah. so yeah so i'll be doing a lot more specific run prep not that i have a ton of time but that will be cool because i haven't i haven't done that kind of training ever yeah. um really not 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 with a garmin and, yeah. and having like specific super like specific intervals and intensities to hit so so after and then we'll we'll end this soon after your um so after your triathlon you have the half marathon and then do you think this is going to be something that you continue to do like are you going to do a full yeah full yeah i get that question a lot will you do a full yeah there's just no rush um i don't want to mess my body up by trying to do a full too soon I think that's one of the big things is I've just been really mindful of like slowly progressively building volume. And so like knock on wood here, I always, I also do a ton of other things to keep my body healthy. But, um, yeah, I trained for an entire year leading up to the half Ironman and even in leaving, leading up to Owen sound, um, injury free. And so I think a big part of that's 80, 20. Yeah. Um, a big part of that is how I've manipulated the strength training. Like the work that I do in the gym is very different now. Um, and it really does just exist to support the sport yeah. that I'm in right now. And then mobility training has been huge, but, um, I'll do the half. I've thought about doing a five this year before I shut it down. A five, like a five K. Oh, like yeah. a hard, like, like a, I want to do a, a hard five K. Cause I did in a training run, I did a, uh, like, a. it was five minute zone one, 10 minute zone two, 20 minute it was like a 20 minute heart rate test, but I don't do heart rate. So I did a, tw- I was like, well, 20 minutes, I can run 5k. So I'll just do a 5k test. So I did a 5k test. I ran it in 2032. And then I went immediately into 10 minutes of zone two and five minutes of zone one. So I was like, if I can do that, I can definitely break 20. For sure. Um, and so I really want to go for a fa- like a hard 5k. And I think I'd love to do it in October just because the weather is yeah. so much better yeah. in terms of like the, the heat or the, the, the cool. And then I'm going to shut it down and I'm going to do like an official off season where I get back into the gym three times per week. And oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. you'll still do like one swim a week. Maybe I'll probably do one swim. I'll probably do one spin for just for maintenance Yeah. and, uh, running. Run. I'm not sure. I might run twice, yeah. like just into work. Um, but like all zone two zone one yeah, work, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will no not interval touch intervals. Yeah. I will just really like the swim will be about, yeah. Maintenance and technique. Um, cause I haven't done any technique work swimming. I watched like a, Oh, I thought you, no, no, I watched a, I did like an online course with this guy named Brett Hayden, this guy, he's like a, he's actually a pretty sweet dude. He's like a bronze medalist in the Olympics for Canada or something. Anyways, he's a a great swimmer and I did this online course and I watched it in the mornings and I did like some of the drills in the water, but for me more, it was just like the understanding of how to swim. And so I feel like, I mean, I, I have a lot of work to do technically in swimming, let's be honest, but I feel like I am really good at taking a cue and then using it. Like I know my body well in that regard. Yeah. So I just rehearsed the skills that he taught in my mind versus in the pool. Yeah. So I really just need to get to like technical swimming, like kicking and pulling and, and doing drills um, to improve my technique. Cause that's not, I just swam um, and swam a lot yeah. and got faster. But I know that like, you know, technique is dominate swimming. So I, I've got a lot of work to do there. Um, but yeah, low, so technique work, low zone one, zone two for my aerobic base work and then strength training. Because if I, if I think about and reflect on like, I think what has made my journey into triathlon powerful, it's like, is having strength and power. Yeah. 
So I can't let that go or forget about that. So just redeveloping my base, building my foundation back up is going to be like a huge next step for me in this off season training and just taking a mental break because although I physically feel great mentally has been uh, a different story. It's been a challenge and a struggle over the past, you know, six to nine months of training. Um, and so my, my nervous system (laughs) needs some time. Uh, to chill out. So that will be my major focus and shift. So do you think this is, this is going to be the sport for a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. I'll I'll aim to do another half Ironman next year and probably some shorter distances, maybe even two half Ironmans instead of shorter distances. And then I'll look to do an Ironman in 2024. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So So two years out. Two years out. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Build some volume and some, some structure, get my swimming on point. So the days of CrossFit competitions are done for Luke. Yeah, they're they're done for now. For now, hey, master's athlete. Yeah, for now. Yeah. I've always yeah, I've yeah. I've well, part of the journey has been going into that and out of that and into that and out yeah. of that, and that's always been a big fuel and fire for my training. But, um, yeah, not not in the foreseeable future. Yeah, no, I know. I feel the same way. It always just drags me back. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to get into running, and then I get into running, and I'm into running. Yeah, but it's like, oh man, I lost. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk too much about this, but like, I lost like seven pounds. I weighed yeah. myself the other day. I'm like, holy shit, I'm really light right now. Right. And it's because like I'm running so much. Well, it's just a matter of priorities, right? It's yeah. like, it's like just like in anything in life, we have to have a focus and a priority and, yeah. and our attention has to go somewhere. And so that has been one of my secrets, right? When we think about training injury free, it has been, although hard, letting go of what I know and what I love, which is training in a gym five times per week. Yeah. That was a very challenging thing for me, but the reality of it is I only have so much time. I only have so much physical and mental capacity. Yeah. And so because I was kind of going in this like in season training mode for the past year, I had to let go of that. Um, and I went through phases where there was like maybe a six to eight week phase where I brought more training back in, like more strength training in the gym. But yeah, for the most part, like I've been doing one to two sessions in the gym, mostly one per week. Um, and then, so that what I'm doing in the gym, of course, is very different even too, uh, yeah. like compared to what I used to do. So yeah, so I'm excited to get back to that though and shake things up and just keep it interesting and, you know, stay healthy and stay fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, there's just so many other things that I want to talk about. And I feel like this could be a good topic that I can cut for a different portion, but like we talk about different seasons or sorry, uh, like on off season and on season and how your training is going to be different. I think that's really important for just all different types of training as well. I think a lot of times when people do hypertrophy training or CrossFit or whatever, it's like, all right, I'm going to do this for 12 months out of the year. And like, I know for me, not to say I get bored of things, but if I look at my year, it's like, I know summertime I'm going to run because we live in Canada and it's not always nice outside in the winter. So like, I'm going to have more conditioning work. And then in the fall, I know I like to do the open just to be a part of that community. So it's a bit more like mixed modalities type work. And then the winter, it's cold. I don't want to be outside, so I do more strength training. And then, like, there's actually, like, a, uh, I don't know, I guess an actual cycle and a reason for my training. And I don't think there's a lot of people or enough people that do that. Yeah, they kind of just do that one thing and they do it hard. Yeah, and that's okay. But if you look at all t- different types of athletes, there is clearly an on-season and an off-season. And like, you just need to, yeah, maybe it's not okay though, because it's, and, and, and it depends. And I don't, I don't want to be controversial or, or, um, um, bump any heads here, but I think it's one of those things which like, it might be okay if you're, if you're, if you're feeling good, yeah. but if you're looking at yourself and you're, and you're like consistently injured yeah, and you're yep. struggling in that regard, then that's where it's probably not okay. And that's where that shift can come in. Right. I think it's like, to be honest, uh, having those defined periods of training are, are, are really beneficial. So you, you mentioned it, like, let's use CrossFit as an example. So let's just say you're someone who uses CrossFit and, and maybe you do the open and the opens move back to like February, March, right? Something, Something like that, that yeah. right? So maybe it's like you do the open and, and like more recreational athlete, right? Let's just use this as an example. So you do the open and then maybe you do like a couple of like recreational comps throughout the summer. So then it's like highly recommend that you really do shut that kind of training down and you shift because if you're doing high dynamic work, Kipping pull-ups, butterfly work, kipping handstand push-ups, you know, high rep, touch and go, um, snatch, clean and jerk. It's like that stuff takes a toll on your physical body. Definitely. Right. Um, And your mental, and your mental aspect too, but like your physical body, your joints, your muscles, it's just very challenging. 
And so then it would be okay. Cool. I've finished that. Um, let me shift my training yeah. and transition to whatever that might be high hypertrophy, rebuilding foundation, um, strict strength. So things like strict muscle ups, strict rope climbs, or like legless rope climbs, you can still work a strict handstand pushups. Like you can still work a lot of those skills, but you shift away from that highly dynamic. Yeah. Um, and also the other, I think big piece that you really need to have dialed in for like CrossFit specifically or functional fitness is that like a lactic, like that really, really yeah. intense energy system that makes you feel really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm not talking about like the 20 second sprints on the assault bike. I'm talking about like the three, you know, to five minute, like highly intensive repeats, like yeah. where you're really digging in, um, and, and shift away from a lot of that stuff. Like, like I would shift away from in like high intensity intervals and I would focus on zone one and zone two and just go back to building my base and letting my body recover. It's like, it's the same thing for sure. Just like a football player would, you know, finish up their season and then go back to rebuilding their body and becoming stronger and faster and more agile. But are they doing that all that amount of strength training? And is that their focus during their season? No, of course not. Their, Their focus is performing in their sport. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that's important. I think that's the benefit of like, and it depends what your goals are. Like, of course, if you have, if you want to just do fitness to feel good, look good, naked, be healthier. Yeah. A standard group class is going to be a great option. Yeah, of course. If you have a specific sport that you're trying to train for or improve at, that's, I think where it's beneficial to have a more tailored program for what you're doing. It doesn't need to be completely personalized, but at least customized to what your goals are. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're spot on. Cool. Well, I think we've been talking. I can't even see the time. I've been trying to look this whole time. Oh I yeah. Have. Well, I mean, it's typical Isaac Luke Bass. <laughs> thirty. We're gonna go for about thirty. Yeah, like minutes. I want the podcast to be like thirty minutes. Sixty. Sixty. So. Sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time. Oh, what? No, I was gonna say. I mean, we can we can cap this. You can edit it. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, it's I was just, just not like it's more work for me or anything. No. <laughs> Uh, well, no, just talking about, um, we can make this different. We can cut this or we can talk about, uh, programming. Yeah. Uh, just like how this has given you a new appreciation for how you program for some of your clients. Yeah. 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 So I think that's like just a, a little, a little tidbit tidbit. Yeah. I think we can go into it. Okay. Yeah. So with the deeper dive into endurance training, um, and 80, 20, I've had this, um, this better grasp of endurance and aerobic based training. Um, and I've learned so much about so much more about energy systems. Now, before I went into this realm, um, like my big thing was, you know, getting certified through OPEX and, um, and working through OPEX, um, which is again, just a, a, it's a more progressive, um, and structured approach to training for anything, right? Functional fitness or whatever. And so there, you know, James, the founder, James Fitzgerald is, is, is big on energy system training. So he talks about, you know, aerobic energy system training and aerobic energy system training. So that was already a big focus, but going into the 80, 20 realm, it's like, man, I learned even more. Mm -hmm. And so then what I, what I've been able to do is not only have a greater understanding and appreciation for all the endurance athletes that I work with, um, but it just gives me so much more insight into how I'm programming and, and building programs for people, right? When I'm doing aerobic work or conditioning based work and kind of the intensities that we're, we're going at and, and like what is sustainable and what's not sustainable. Um, I've, I've had this like greater appreciation and understanding now through 80, 20, cause it's like, I think with any, I think with anything, it's like, you just need to live in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, like you I just totally need, agree. Yeah. Like you just need to do the thing. I always, I always love, um, and this is what I think what makes great coaches is people who are always trying to learn, right? It's not like yeah. you're stuck in your ways that I'm only going to do this style of training. Uh, like, you know, I know there was a while in your program that you had a lot of single leg, um, Swiss ball hamstring curls. Right. Okay. And then I remember thinking to myself when I saw Luke doing them consistently, I'm like, I guarantee you these are going to pop up in other people's programs. Then sure enough, I see a lot of your other clients doing that. Or like um, in between uh, uh, in between intervals, not just stopping and resting, yeah. but continuing an easy spin and trying to stay in like a zone one sort of thing or a zone two. Um, I'm happy you brought that up because 80-20 opened my eyes to that. 
um, I was used to doing an interval and stopping. Yeah. Uh, and everything that I did. And then I started doing 80, 20 and it was like, okay, run this fast and then keep running. And yeah. I was like, keep running. Well, that's crazy. But then I started doing it and I was like, oh, actually this is better. Yeah. This is actually much better. Um, it flushes you out. It keeps you moving. It, you know, it brings your heart rate back down. It's just like, there's, it's so much better. So yeah. So I always, I always like, although I don't do every single program that I write for every single person, it's like, I've done all the aspects before I've, yeah. I've really experimented on myself before I give others things. Um, it's that greater understanding and appreciation of like what is required from the specific dose, um, and exercise. Um, yeah, eighty twenty. Yeah, and eighty twenty has really opened my my eyes on that. But uh, single leg, I mean, it's a big it's a big piece for me. It's like truly, I think for like the majority of people that I work with, um, so they don't necessarily have like a functional fitness um, pursuit. It's like, yeah, single limb training has has been and will, probably will always be for me king. Like it, like doing single arm uh, presses yeah. and and dumbbell rear foot elevated split squats and things like this just because, uh, it, yeah, you, you train that specific leg without the requirement of the other leg to do work or to help it. So I find that people, you know, become actually much stronger and more functional in their careers. If that, if that's required of them or in their sport, um, by doing things like that. So I love single leg training. I'm happy you said that too. (laughs) I just, it's just that there's two, two movements that are synonymous with you and it would be Re-elevated split squats or Bulgarian split squats and yeah. now single leg Swiss ball hamstring curls. It's funny that you say that one. I don't feel like I have a, a specific affinity to that, but there was a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, for, oh, and uh, like a lactic assault bike sprints. Yeah. Cause I'll never forget like when you were coaching me, however many years ago, five years ago when you did my programming and I bought an assault, no, it wasn't, it was like a Schwinn air bike yeah, air f- for my house and you programmed me. I, it was just like four, 15 second assault bike sprints with probably 20 seconds with 240 rest something like that yeah and i remember being like i'll add another another one or another two because like i'm i do crossfit and then hardcore yeah and i remember i did two or three i think i did three because the first one's always fine i did three and i'm like i can't like i was gonna throw up it was the worst thing ever so those are also that's all you yeah the assault bike is a dangerous tool it's an asshole yeah it's no it really is it can be really dangerous because like you can't uh even just going slow is still brings your heart rate up significantly because 100%. of the resistance, the air resistance and the involvement of your arms and your legs um, versus like a spinner. Like yeah. you can very easily stay in zone one on a spinner. Can't really on an assault bike. No. And I think, I think we're, well, it's always existed, but I feel now you're definitely going to start hearing a lot more about zone training, like heart rate training. Yeah. I know Apple in their next watch update, they're going to have like specific, it'll tell you what zone you're in based off of your age and blah, 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 blah. And I know Garmin already does that, but like if Apple's doing it and it's going mainstream, I think you're going to see it be a very powerful tool. Um, and I think if people understand it, it's a really good language to speak. Yeah. Cause rather than saying I've never been a fan and I know we, we do this, but like I've never been a huge fan of, I want you to work at 50% or I want you to work at 75%. What is that? I struggle hard with that. Like yeah. RPE rate of perceived exertion for me, it's always 10 out of 10. So like <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, what I love about heart rate is it's like, no, it is what it is. If you're in zone two, for me, that's going to be in between whatever, 135 and 149. Like yeah. that's the zone I got to stay in. So, um, yeah, like the fact that I can talk to my clients about that and say, Hey, for this workout, you're going to be in zone two. Don't go above it it's a really cool way for them to actually understand pacing. Yeah. Take the ego out of it. Cause the ego takes over quick. A hundred percent. And then you just want to go hard. Man, Robin, Robin just wants to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of 80, 20. We've been talking about a lot about that. I think it's worth mentioning, which is just like most people work out way too hard. 100%. Way too hard. And not only run too hard or bike too hard, but they work out too hard in the gym. And I think that there is this like, yeah, there's this like, misconception that like, well, if I'm in the gym, it's gotta be all out all the time. But the reality is that we'll know that's a sure way it will work at first. Like if you haven't, if you haven't done fitness for a really long time, it will work at first. You'll see great gains and it will just continue to work until it doesn't anymore. And you break. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you burn out, you get injury or get injured. Um, whereas, 
yeah, we take the ego out of the equation. We work specific heart rates or specific paces or however you want to kind of, or specific powers, um, power ranges. And then now all of a sudden it's like, well, we're working at that low pace or that moderate pace. And each of these different energy systems is important because without going into it too depth, like into too much depth, it's like each of these things give our bodies physically, physiologically, um, different, different responses. They elicit different adaptations. Um, and so it's really important to train each of them Mm. and train them in the right dosages. But most people, as it's just like full on, full on out, yeah. Um, even if they feel like, well, but that's not my natural cadence. It's like, it's still too fast. For your sure. zone X, like we talk about, um, which is just like too, like too high above moderate or you're in high intensity and you're just not gonna be able to maintain that. Yeah. Like Brooke's a good example. Is she always too high? Always. Yeah. She never liked to run well, because she's like, that's her to do heart rate sucks. training. She's like, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean, like everybody, I think that's why 90% of people hate running. Yeah. Because they, they go out at a, 530 pace when they should be doing an eight minute pace and they finish the run they're like exactly pukey right exactly but to to go back to it whether it's like pace you know pace heart rate or power i think all of those things just are very similar language that For have sure. the same goal and so now brooke is following pace um because i i influenced her um <laughs> but now she's at a point where her pacing is appropriate it's based off of her 5k time right yeah. so it's like it's so personalized to her and it's, it's now she's running in the right place. Yeah. So she finished, she actually enjoys it. Yeah. She actually enjoys running because she's hitting a place where she can sustain. Yeah. And when she's finished, she's like, I feel good. I don't feel like my day's ruined or yeah. like my week's ruined or like my knees bummed out. So heart rate training. It's the best, man. Yeah. It's the best. And I think that's why seasons are important. Yeah. Like I think because for me, someone who I, I do train hard, yeah. too hard sometimes, if I go into it with just like, all right, summertime, I know like I like to work out hard outside. I like to go for long runs. All right, that's kind of my on season. Maybe I'm, I'm pushing a little bit harder than I should. Whereas wintertime or fall time, like that's my recovery season. That's where I'm still at the gym, but maybe I'm not pushing as hard. Like I think it's good to think of it that way. So then it's like, yeah, there are times of the year where I might be pushing a little bit harder than I should. But as long as that isn't 12 months. And I think that's the case for a lot of people is it's just, no, no, no. I'm going to do hit training every single day, 12 months out of the year or whatever, 365 days out of the year. It's like, no, that's going to beat you up. That ain't good. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. That's great mentality. That's cool, man. Uh, anything else? Uh, I mean, probably. Speaking of marathons, this is the marathon of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might clip the end and just make it a completely yeah. different one. Or I'll have this as like one. And then I'll have another one. And it's like, hey, if you've listened to the end of this one, fantastic. Don't worry about listening to the next one. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Well, thank you for taking uh, hours out of your day to chat with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for pushing me to do this. It's yeah. always great to be here. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Okay. See you, dude. Bye.